Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and today I am sharing with you our fourth session from Seek the Joy Summit. It was our second panel of the day with Ardry Ori, Kimothy Joy, Akia Red, and Lysandra Vasquez. And this conversation was really all about stepping into your authentic voice and the importance of sharing your story. This is truly a powerhouse group of women, and I was so excited and honored to share this session, to have all uh, like four incredible women be part of this panel. One of the biggest lessons that I have learned from Seek the Joy over the last, gosh, five years basically, has been around the impact of sharing our stories, and this impact is so far-reaching, and we often underestimate what sharing our story, the impact it has not only on ourselves, but also on others. And sharing our stories often serves as a space for hope and inspiration. So this panel, I just was so impressed and so grateful. It is a long conversation, by the way, so I'm going to do my best to keep this introduction short, but I want to make sure I tell you a little bit about all four panelists for today's episode. Ardry Ori is a celebrity ghostwriter, book publishing expert, playwright, film director, and CEO of 13th and Joan Publishing House. She was on episode 106 of the podcast. Kimothy Joy is an artist who paints and writes as a way to convey what's on her heart. She was on episode 18 of the podcast, like way back in 2018. Akia Red is the founder of Real Girls Fart and makes mental health awareness her mission because for Akia, it's personal. Akia was on episode 93 of the podcast. And last but certainly not least, Lysandra Vasquez. She is now an Atlanta, Georgia-based Puerto Rican media strategist and photographer. She has used storytelling to grow a number of businesses through social media. You can check out Lysandra on episode 73 of the podcast. Now more than ever, I just think it's so important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, comes in. So I would love to share with you a little bit more about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you've matched with is a good fit. And no matter where you're listening to Seek the Joy podcast right now, you can also use BetterHelp because the service is available for people worldwide too. I just think it's so valuable to talk to someone about what it is that you're going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, grief, loss, changes at work, or friendship dynamics or relationships, or you want to talk about the challenges of the last couple of years. And BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which I still think is a game changer. I really want you to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. That's why I share these conversations with you. And so I'm just excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people and counting taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. 
I am just so thrilled, really, to share this conversation, this panel session with Akia, Ardry, Lysandra, and Kimothy from Seek the Joy Summit. All of the links to connect with these incredible women and to tune into their episodes from Seek the Joy podcast, all of the links are in the show notes. This summit was just such an incredible day, and this session was just one, it was really just one incredible light bulb moment after another, because through storytelling, of course you share so much of who you are, but you're also crafting for yourself a very intentional, thoughtful, mindful space to share your story. And in doing so, we can have such a large impact on the world. You can really change the world in your own small way just by being yourself, which is through sharing your story. And there's just so much tremendous joy, I think, in connection and fulfillment and impact that can come from sharing your story. So safe to say, I loved this conversation and I am so excited to share it with you. So as always, please connect Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, And I would just love to hear what your biggest takeaway has been from listening not only to this panel session, but all of the sessions that we have shared so far from Seek the Joy Summit. Next week, I will be sharing with you our final session from the summit. It's another conversation you're not going to want to miss. So without further ado, I said I was going to keep this intro short and now we're at like the six minute mark. So, okay, without further ado, let's dive into this one. Our fourth session, our second panel from Seek the Joy Summit, the importance of sharing your story with Akia Red, Ardry Ori, Lysandra Vasquez, and Kimothy Joy. All right, so we are heading now into our second panel of the day. I am really honored to bring you this panel. I'm going to start inviting these incredible women up on the stage. It's so honored. This is a powerhouse group, let me tell you. So we're going to invite everybody. Hi, Akia. Good morning or good afternoon, actually. I don't even know what time it is anymore. Everybody is here. Hello. How's everybody doing on this Saturday? Oh, Audrey and Kimothy, I think you guys are muted, but it's all good. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, everyone. I am so excited and so honored that you are all here. I want to do a little intro of each of you before we get going, if that sounds good. Um, Okay, so to start, we are joined by Audrey Ori. Audrey is a celebrity ghostwriter, book publisher of the beautiful publishing house 13th and Joan. And Audrey and I sat down for the podcast back in October 2020. I can't believe it. It feels like it was just yesterday, Audrey. So time is flying. Um, We also have with us Kimothy Joy, who is an artist and an author. And Kimothy, really, you paint and write as a way to convey what's on your heart. And Kimothy is like an OG Seek the Joy guest. Kimothy joined me early in the podcast, episode 18 from 2018. So it has been a minute. Up next, we have Akia Red, and Akia is the founder of Real Girls Fart. And Akia, you know, you and I spoke for the podcast in July, episode 93 of 2020. And for you, mental health awareness is your mission because for you, it's really personal. So I'm excited to dive into that with you today. And then Lysandra is here. Lysandra Vasquez is a media strategist, and you and I connected in 2019 when we were talking about auras and energy. So I'm so excited that you're here. You really use storytelling to grow businesses and brands. So this is going to be a phenomenal conversation. So thank you all for being here. For having us. 
Thank you for having us. Oh. So I want to start off, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I have learned from Seek the Joy over the last three and a half years has been centered around the impact of sharing our story. It's really far reaching. And often I think we underestimate the impact of sharing our stories, the impact it has both on us individually, but then also on others. And I also think sharing our stories can offer a space of hope and inspiration too. So Audrey, I would love to start with you if we can, because through 13th and Joan, you have created a home really for stories that may otherwise go untold. And so when you and I sat down for the podcast last year, you said so many things that really stayed with me and left an impression. But one thing for sure that stayed with me ever since is that no one can tell your story better than you can. And so when you experience something, you should be the person who's sharing your story. So to kick us off, why is it so important that we share our stories, that we share our personal experiences? Yeah, I got goosebumps. I want to say thank you, first of all, to you, Sydney, for having us all and for putting this together. Um, you've done a tremendous job and, you know, it shows. So thank you. Thank you. I think that from the moment we are conceived, our story begins to be told for us. We're spoken for, you know, every um, aspect of who we are, who we are supposed to become um, and, and all of those things, you know, the narrative is already shaped for us. So, you know, I, I used to wonder why is it that we feel like we have to fight so hard to have a voice, but that eventually, you know, led me to begin to just kind of consider the fact that so much of our narrative is controlled before we ever get a chance to speak. And so when we discover that we do have the power to speak for ourselves, when we discover that we also have the opportunity and that we really don't have to wait for someone else to give us that, there is no clearance that's needed other than what we can provide for ourselves, it's really a powerful moment. And for me personally, I wasn't I think I was almost 30 until I really recognized that I did not need anyone's permission to tell my side of the story. So I believe that it's important because it is empowering. It is the thing that centers us back to who we are supposed to be. And we have the opportunity to do so unapologetically. And that is the most beautiful thing ever. It sets us free. Hmm. I love what you just said about permission. No one has to give you permission to tell your story. And Akia, I think we have to move to you because your life completely changed once you started to share your story because so much of your work is about reminding others and everyone actually on this, this panel right now, your work is really about reminding others that they're not alone regardless yeah. of what they're experiencing. And so you're really using your life experience, your experience with mental health to help yourself and I think other women remind themselves, you don't need permission to share your story, you can let it out. And so if you don't mind sharing, I mean, I'd love for you to talk about the impact that sharing your story, once you gave yourself that permission, what impact did it have on your life? And then what is the impact that you've seen on others too? Well, first off, I wanna say thank you to you for having all of us. I mean, you have done a tremendous job. So thank you for having me today. Um, I believe that sharing my story has actually impacted me um, in a way where I am now free um, to be who I am. And 
the word authenticity or the phrase keeping it real, like I'm real, I'm, you know, we throw it around a lot and we use it in ways sometimes that it's not meant to be. But for me, the word authenticity truly means like showing up in the world for who you really are, not feeling as if you have to fit in or bend your edges, but that you just belong. And so when I started sharing my story, my motto has always been, if you can't find what you need, create it. And that was what I decided to do with, with the blog. You know, when I was going through my mental health journey, I started to blog. I started to talk about therapy, especially in communities of color and you know, religious communities, quite frankly, where we just don't talk about those types of things. And it really freed me to continue to share more. But then I started noticing that like other people were me too. Well, me too. And I struggle with that. And then they started having conversations with their families and their friends. And before you know it, it's a domino effect and it has great impact on the community at large. Yeah, I love what you said that it has this domino effect. And it reminds me so much of what we talked about in our first session with Aiden this morning about when you heal yourself, it gives other people permission to heal others because you don't know where this domino effect will lead. You know, Kimothy, it's interesting. It reminds me so much of what you're doing with your art and your illustrations and your book, because you, in my opinion, you have been really instrumental in sharing women's stories and sharing these messages of empowerment and connection and growth and celebration, by the way, through art and creativity. And, you know, Lysandra, I know you can speak to this too. Art and creativity can lend itself to such valuable, beautiful storytelling. And I think, Kimothy, I would love for you if we could talk a little bit about this, about how through giving yourself, again, this sense of permission to create, you've created beautiful images that are inspiring other people. So if we could chat a little bit about the role of art and creativity and storytelling, I just think it would tie this in so beautifully. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Sydney. As everyone said, this is such a wonderful event. I feel honored to share this space with all of you and be connected with you now, really. What a cool lineup. Um, yeah, everything that you said, I have like chills. Um, it resonates um, what's been shared already. And it's just, I totally identify with yeah, giving permission. I mean, I started painting with watercolors when I was 30 and it was after a breakup. And it, it was like, I just hit one crisis after the other, losing my mom, divorce, and then I was in this relationship. And then, yeah, at 30, I was like, wait a minute, I just need to take some time alone and I'm going to paint just because it feels good. And that felt so liberating and radical. And I don't think it should be, but, you know, everything was about productivity and the outcome, you know, in this hyper-masculine patriarchal world. So it just hit me like, oh my gosh, I'm going to stop and I'm just going to paint. And what it led to was this incredible journey of returning home to myself and like a feminine awakening. And I felt this like just bubbling up of energy and like rage, like all of it at once, like this hurricane. And I was able to express it through my artwork. Um, and, you know, as a kid, that's what I did, too. It also connected me with my inner child. And that was always, like, the safest way to express myself and to be who I really am, you know? And so I just haven't stopped. And it, what it led to also was painting portraits of women and diving, deep diving into their stories. And, oh, my goodness, like, the more I learned about them, the more I could see myself in them like aspects and I thought oh wow they overcame that and they had so much self-doubt or they had imposter syndrome and they still like 
did these things like that changed our world. And, you know, these are women from all over the world, diverse backgrounds, like religions. It was just so beautiful. And I thought, wow. So it really has been a journey of healing. And then, yeah, that like revealing who I am, that authenticity piece, and then sharing that. And I see that so many other people get, you know, some healing from that and are like, what do I like to do for fun? Or how do I like to express myself? Or what, who do I really want to be? So it's just been a beautiful journey. I love what you said about this element about returning home to yourself, because when you do that, when you connect with yourself, it's that sense of permission to share your story. But then I think it allows you to foster deeper connections, not only with yourself, but also with others. And, you know, Lysandra, I want to talk to you a little bit about this, because through, I think, developing, you know, our own authentic voice, we can start to share our story in online spaces and help to facilitate and foster that greater sense of con connection and community. And, and I want to ask you, how can we begin, I think, to share our stories or use storytelling um, on, in, on, in these online spaces, in community, whether you have a business or a brand or you just are online posting about yourself for fun? You know, how can we start to use our stories and storytelling, um, you know, in these spaces? Because I think so much of it is like about being intentional. Well, hello, everyone. Y'all are amazing. And so I'm so happy to be here. Um, I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> so, okay. So that's a big question because everybody has a different process, right? And I think everybody touched on different parts of why to being authentic to yourself is really important. Um, I have found that, um, well, social media is so like compare and it, it can make you feel less than um and I feel I know I've talked to you about this before but I learned how to read energy and read the room and uh tell stories and make people laugh because I had I moved here from Puerto Rico when I was seven and a half so I had to learn speak English so I just had to kind of learn things guerrilla style and so I feel like that's my way that I've moved about the world and that's the same way I treat social media which is like you read the room and you get, you listen first. You're not going to walk into a party and just like start talking. That's rude. So what you need to do is like read the room, hang out for a minute, see what, if there's something that interests you, you kind of listen and see, start the conversation, comment, follow, whatever, and then start looking inward and be really like, like the beautiful journal prompts that we just had, like those were wonderful. Like looking inward, asking yourself some questions, seeing like, what it is that you want to share and why it is that you want to share. I have been working with a lot of people that like, um, they want a high follower count, but why do you want that? Is it because you want your business to grow or is it because you want, like, is it ego? So there's a lot of things you have to ask yourself why you want to share this stuff online. If you want attention, that's, that's cute. But like, be honest about the fact that you want attention. If you want to share your message and feel liberated and create to, for the sake of creating like Timothy's art, like you're sharing it from your heart. It's something that heals you and hopefully other people connect with it. Um, but yeah, I would say that if you want to start, I would say start by looking inward and seeing why, what you have to say and then put something together. And it doesn't have to be perfect because it's, you can always archive it. Uh, and like, you can always hide it or start with something that's just fun. Like I'm a big fan of TikTok. So I think you should like go on TikTok and just make silly videos. And, and they're like sketches to me. You just have fun, make something silly, do a voiceover and have fun with it. 
I love what you said about it doesn't have to be perfect because I think everyone on this on this panel right now and I'm sure everyone tuning in too has had these moments where you're like I can't do it yet I can't share my story I can't talk until it feels like the perfect moment or it feels like I've set it up perfectly and then it'll be great it's all about taking messy imperfect action it's never you know, it's never going to be perfect. You know, Akia, I'm sure you had this moment too, when you were getting ready to share your story for the first time. Like, did you come up against the sense of like it needing to be perfect or that, or even what Kimothy was talking about with imposter syndrome? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I find that in the line of mental health advocacy work, mm-hmm. and I'll talk to other people who do a lot of the same stuff that I do, that imposter syndrome is very common um, because in mental health recovery, it's not linear and there are going to be ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys. And, you know, you hope that um, the further you get along your journey, that you have less valleys and more peaks. Um, but th- it's just the fact of the matter is, is that it's not going to be in a straight line and you will have setbacks. And so I have often questioned myself and said, who do I think I am? Who am I kidding? You know, I'm, I'm posting all of this about, you know, being, um, you know, emotionally stable or mentally exhausted. And I'm, you know, I've got all this stuff going on. I just had a breakdown like a couple months ago. And, you know, so I'm really mean to myself sometimes in that way. It happens less now. But when I first started out, it was tough. But I think that we have enough people that are looking down from the mountaintop, trying to show people like, look at me, look at me. And we don't have enough people that are actually willing to get in the trenches and walk up the mountain with people. And so for me, I think people benefit from seeing your scars rather than your trophies. I really do believe that. And I think that that has been my intention on social media. What you just said, who am I to share my story? Audrey, it reminds me of when you and I met and we were recorded for Seek the Joy and you said, who are you not to share your story? Like, if not you, who? You know, and I think it's about exactly what you just said, Akia, of we need to show our scars. We need to show ourselves walking the journey. It's not about the destination anyway. This is not what life is about. It's not about the destination anyway. It's about the journey. So if we can walk together and walk and share this story and this journey as we're experiencing it, We're going to change the narrative for ourselves and for others. It shifts everything. It really, really does. You know, Kimothy, I'm curious for you too. Once you started sharing your story and and you shared it so beautifully in our podcast episode together three years ago, which I'm telling you, three years, feels like it was just yesterday. Um, You know, I know it had such a tremendous healing impact on you. Um, you know, and being able, you know, to share and as you continue to share all these years later, I mean, do you have moments where you're just like, you, do you have what I experienced, which is like a vulnerability hangover, which is like, I put myself out there, shared something vulnerable. And now I'm like, oh my God, I just did that. I want to crawl into a hole. Like, did I really just do that? It's like this self doubt that comes up. Do you experience that sometimes? Like every day coming (laughs) here, I was like, wait, are they sure that they want to hear what you have to say? I mean, every single day, you know, and I think everything you said, I was like, yeah, I feel that. But I, um, so yes, I feel that. And then I think my self-talk has gotten better as I've learned to love myself and like, like mother myself in a whole new way. 
And I'm like, okay, yeah, because I believe everybody does have a story to share. And it's interesting that I'm so like adamant about others sharing and I can see the gifts in the other people, but I'm like, wait a minute, like I need to turn that on to myself. Like that's just as true for me. And it's this scared little girl comes out in these moments when I'm asked to share. And, you know, you just keep making the choice to do it. And it's like, I think it's like a muscle. It just develops over time. Um, but I think people are just craving that, that realness though, like to, to share openly and like also mess up and then like own it and stumble. We're, we all do that. And in this like social media world and branding and marketing, you know, you see so many images of perfection and people know that's not the real deal. And it's like, people are just craving, like, be real with me, show me how you fell and then got back up. And that's what, you know, I learned from looking at into other women's stories and all of that is that everybody stumbles. Everybody has these, their own things. And it's good to share that with one another. That's how we all grow together. So great question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lysandra, I feel like you can totally speak to this too, because when I'm on TikTok and I'm scrolling, which by the way is too many hours every day, I don't want to look at my screen time. Um, when I'm just scrolling through TikTok, what I love to watch and what I gravitate towards is people being real. I don't want to see anything photoshopped. I don't want to see this pretend image of like your life is perfect because, you know, that's not real. I'm gravitating towards the real content of people sharing their highs and, and sharing their lows. And I mean, I just think it's amazing how in a lot of ways, social media is doing a bit of a 180. So what we're seeing online, what we're gravitating towards, and then what we are sharing ourselves is shifting into that space too. Yeah. Um, I think that TikTok is doing a lot for, um, to, to help like it's like the anti-Instagram because, and I'm even seeing that a lot of Insta, like people aren't as worried about having like the perfect Instagram feed anymore, which is like, thank God. Cause as a photographer, it's just like so annoying that people want to over, you know, the thing. But what I love about TikTok is that if it doesn't make me laugh, if you're not teaching me something, or if it's not like Ooh, visually stimulating. Yet you, you don't make the cut. You got two seconds to impress me. Let's go, like or hook me in it. And so that for me is like it. It evens the playing field a little bit uh, to the barrier, like to the entry. Because for Instagram, it's like so. It's so easy to think like a beautiful picture in Bali of some like very beautiful model esque person is like oh, of course that's gorgeous double tap and like there's like they have like an easy like a million followers just because they're like traditionally or conventionally beautiful or whatever cool 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 but there's there might not be something that's deep there and so what I love about TikTok and what I love about the movement and really like what's happened in the last year culturally too is people have more permission to speak up uh to things that they haven't had um about topics that they have probably only talked about with their friends, especially when it comes to like uh, socio-political stuff, like, and, and racial issues, like people are able to talk about it publicly now. And there's uh, people have a lot of agency around it. So it's really amazing. Um, and it's creating a really great uh, platform for people to be able to talk about these things. So I love TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love what you just said that it's about, you know, having this agency, knowing that you can share your story and Audrey, you know, this takes me back to our conversation on the podcast, because you, you and I really talked about in that, that conversation about um, 
storytelling and the role it plays in systemic racism and oppression and what's going on in the world and how you said something that was so beautiful. And I really encourage anybody, everybody that's tuning in now and later, please listen to all of these episodes on Seek the Joy, because you think this is like really good, powerful wisdom. It's like times a hundred on the actual episode. It's amazing. You know, Audrey, we talked about how everyone sees the world through their own lens. And so it's about respecting that, acknowledging that, and then allowing people the space and the platform to share that story, to have that agency, you know, to talk and to share, you know, their perspective. But how do we begin to encourage people to share their story? I know you do this all the time in your work with 13th and Joan. Like, let's say someone is like, I want to share it, but I just don't know if I can. How do we start to encourage people, I think, to share their story? Right. So I don't take necessarily a gentle approach to that. I'm very <laughs> gentle, um, you know, with our authors, but at the end of the day, you know, we have all these conversations and engage and exchange all the time about purpose. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? How can I make a difference? But the one thing that we all have in common is that we all have a story. We all have a path. We all have a journey and we all have experiences that only we experienced the way that we experienced it. Two women can eat a slice of chocolate cake and have a totally different experience. And so the experience that you have is the one thing that sets you apart. We are as varied as our fingerprints when it comes to our stories. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to share that because it is a blueprint for someone. The ugly parts, the beautiful parts, you know, one of the things that I've been sharing with people lately is because of the fact that we are now in a society where it is more acceptable to share your trauma. People who didn't have traumatic experiences growing up feel like there's not a space for them. And maybe I shouldn't share because I haven't been through so much. And I'm, you know, encouraging. That's not the point. The point is whatever you have lived, that is valuable information. It is the DNA, the blueprint that another person needs. So when it comes to encouraging people to share their stories, I almost say, you know, the encouragement is not from me. The obligation from the universe is on you. That is the rent that we pay for being here. To share your story, that is what we owe to those who will come behind us and those who we exist and take up space with. So hmm. can we sit in that for a moment? Like it is our obligation to share our stories, to share our experiences, to help pave the way. I mean, anyone that's tuning in right now, drop it in the chat if this resonates with you. I, I just, we have to sit in that for a moment because if we don't share, we don't know that we're not alone in what we're experiencing. I mean, I'm curious for all of you and also anyone tuning in. I mean, I've had so many moments in my life where I thought, am I the only one experiencing this? Am I alone? And it was only until I shared something I had experienced or gone through that I realized I wasn't. I remember the first time I shared on the podcast that I didn't pass the California bar exam the first time and I had shingles and appendicitis and I really dove in and shared my story. And I was so, I mean, I had that vulnerability hangover committee that I was talking about before, like big time. And then all these emails started coming in and these messages, 
I had shingles at 25 too. Oh my God, I had a similar experience with my appendix. I have not passed the bar three times. I get it. I'm with you. You don't know that you're not alone until you start sharing. And so the way that we can start to, I think, um, grow together and rise together and heal together is the minute we start sharing those stories. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love for any of you to chime in, give me, share your thoughts. What are you thinking? I mean, this was powerful, Audrey. I told everybody at the beginning, there was going to be some major wisdom today. And I think that was really definitely one of those moments. Oh, I'll chime in. Audrey, thank you so much for that. I felt chills. I was like, oh, yes. Everything you said, sharing our stories is a contribution to the healing of humanity. It is when you share from the space of like, like realness. And I think of it as like a tapestry, like we're all part of this beautiful, colorful, diverse, amazing tapestry. And it's like, you know, there's rips and tears everywhere, but as we mend ours, you know, the connective thread, people can take something from that and feel their little pocket of the tapestry, you know? And it's like, it's that mending and sharing how you did it that feels the entire, like the fabric of it all. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. You know, someone, um, I want to read a comment that just came through the chat. I relate when you said that I don't have much experience to share. I felt like I live, I live my life boring. I need to experience more. And that reminded me, you know what? You can also share your joy. You can also share these moments of celebration. It is just as vulnerable to share your story from a space of joy and celebration and hope and optimism as it is to share your trauma or your hardship or adversity. But I think as women or as people in general, we have a hard time sharing what we're celebrating, but also we have a hard time celebrating ourselves, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Lysandra, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that because yeah. I see you at the bottom of my screen going like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I also, I also think that we are so in our own experience and our own lives that we don't see our story and our things as incredible. Right. And other people would be like, oh, you, you did that? Yes. Like, and you're like, well, it's just like what I did. Like I went from this to this, this, because right. you're with yourself every day. It's like when you lose weight or something like that. And you're like, you're with yourself every day. So you don't see yourself from like this month to that month. And people are like, you look, you look, what a transformation. And you're like, yeah, but it's not right. Really that big a deal, but it is. So I think that that's what makes it really cool, Ardre, is like really just being honest with and sharing and not trying to make your story anything that it isn't, I think is a really big challenge probably for people because I know that I've been guilty of like trying to make my story more palatable for um, for like the gen pop or something like that and like make it a little bit more... Um, PC or something. I don't know. But like the more honest I am, the more people do the thing where like with you, Sydney, where they come to me and they're like, I felt the same thing. And they'll, they'll like comment and they'll send me emails and they'll be like, yeah, I know. I had a similar experience with a mentor and da, 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 da. And then that creates a bond. And, you know, um, and I just think being truthful, even though it feels crazy vulnerable yeah. to, to do it, 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 you end up winning in the end. Yeah. And we have more, we all have more in common than we believe that we do or that than we think we do. You know, sure, we may have a different socioeconomic background, we may have different levels of education, we may be living in different parts of the world, 
But at the end of the day, we are all united by the fact that we are living this human experience together. And I think that there is great opportunity when even though you may not have trauma, right, as, as, as difficult as somebody else, right? Because we all know that that's relative, right? And there is no real definition of normal. But um, I think we're all normal-ish. And <laughs> we all have stuff, you know, that we've had to overcome or whatnot. But I will say that what an opportunity for you to be empathetic to someone who has experienced something that in your mind may be a little bit more traumatic than what you've gone through. And so that just presents us with also also another opportunity, you know, to kind of level up in our empathy um, and our willingness to be able to not only share our story, but be able to listen to other people share their stories and truly hear and not try to fix them, but to see them. Level up in your empathy. I mean, that's really what it's about. You know, sharing your story, allowing space for someone else to share their story. It's about emerging into the space of empathy, of compassion, of allowing them to know that you hear them, you see them. Because Akia, you're right, we're so much more alike than we're different. And at the end of the day, I think as humans, we want to be seen and we want to be heard and we want to know that people see and hear us. And for who we are and what it is, you know, that we're experiencing, good, bad, or indifferent. A question came through the chat and I want to read it and, and everyone, I'm so happy everyone is participate, participating, excuse me, in the chat. And don't forget, we have the Q&A feature too at the bottom if you ever want to drop a question in there and it'll be easier for me to see it too. But there was this question I really want to make sure we got to it. It says, Beth said, it can be empowering, but I freeze up if it is perceived as obligation to share. Why is that? I would love to hear if anyone has thoughts. I mean, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear what you all think, because I I think this is interesting. Sometimes we feel like an obligation to share. If someone is vulnerable with us, we think, oh God, I got to be vulnerable right back, Mm. which I think is an interesting space, you know, to often be in. I actually commented um, back to Beth, and I have a typo in there, you know, it's killing me, my bad. I want to like delete it and re- retype it. I can't, Beth. Oh, it is your moment. <laughs> um, but I was just saying that, you know, oblig- obligation in the sense that if you know that there is something from your truth that you could potentially say that could be the difference between someone really discovering their joy or knowing that they're not alone in the world or recognizing that, you know, we are more alike than different, then that is something that is so valuable. So I really, when I say obligation, it's that I don't want any person to ever take um, their experiences and the, the life that they have lived for granted knowing that it's not valuable or thinking, and and I don't mean it like someone doesn't think their life is invaluable. I just mean that it's of so much value that it can literally be the difference for another person. And so when we get to the point where we can share those things, we can really change lives. But 
we're under no obligation to share those things we're not comfortable in sharing. We're under no obligation to share when we're not ready to share. And I think that we shouldn't put that type of pressure on one another, but it is so imperative that we know how much value we're sitting on. And it's the one thing that sets us apart. You know, when we're young, we wanna blend into the walls. We wanna be like everybody else. If everybody's wearing jean skirts, I'm showing my age, but that's what we wanna do, wear denim skirts, you know? But if now that we're older, we really want want to be different. We're cool with being whoever we are. We're cool with finding the people, you know, finding our tribe and finding those people who accept us and those who don't want to change us. They just want to make us better. So in that space, it just means that you're sitting on a gold mine. And I just want people to always know their stories are of so much value. That's it. Sorry for the typo, Beth. <laughs> I love what you just said, because it reminds me so much of something we talk about often on Seek the Joy, which is about obviously vulnerability, but this appropriate level of vulnerability and assessing for yourself if this is a moment in which I feel is appropriate, comfortable, correct for me to be vulnerable. So it's about assessing the person, the situation. Brene, talk, Brene Brown talks about this so beautifully. The situation, the person, the moment um, is how is, you know, all these things you need to assess in the moment to say, is this the right moment for me to be vulnerable? And the truth is it may not be, but it might be at another point. So it's also about checking in, I think, with yourself and thinking, okay, do I want to share? No, okay, then I'm not going to share. Do I want to share? Yes, but does this feel like the right moment? Am I experiencing fear? Or is it more so my intuition saying, hold on, let's evaluate the person who's going to receive it, the moment it's going to be received. And something I, I have to remind myself too all the time is, the way in which someone else receives your vulnerable moment is a reflection of them more than it is of you. Because we can internalize, when we share our stories, we can internalize that response as rejection. And then it stops us from sharing ever again. And it dissuades you. And then you think, well, I'm never doing that again. That's how that went, you know? And you don't want to feel that way. Yeah. So I think, you know, Kia, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that because you have been in the corner like nodding your head and I feel like you've got something to say. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's, um, I'm trying to exercise my nonverbal yeses because I sometimes it. I have a, I grew up in church, right? So when, you know, when you, when you agree with something, you're like, yes, yes. <laughs> so that's why I'm nodding my head incessantly because I'm it. like trying to practice. But um, to your point, I struggle personally, right, with appropriateness of vulnerability sometimes. Mm. And I've noticed that sometimes I, um, I have been vulnerable with people. And you know what's always set me up is the expectation that they're going to be vulnerable back. Yes. And that is what has, I think, hindered me sometimes in those relationships. And then I view, to your point, Sydney, they're not being vulnerable in that moment, really because they're uncomfortable and it's a reflection of them. I view it as like, oh, they don't trust me or, oh, there's something wrong with me. And so then I have then turned it you know, inward on myself. And so I've, I'm nodding because I've experienced that very thing. And um, it caused me to be, quite frankly, closed up with those individuals, um, even when I didn't really necessarily want to be. Yeah. I think that's a really good point is that expectation that then in turn 
you know, someone else is going to be vulnerable. Lysandra, Kimothy, you know, if you have any thoughts, I'd love for you to share too, because I think this is something universal that we all really experience. If I'm going to be vulnerable, I hope you're going to be back. And then if not, ooh, I feel awkward. Yeah, no, it's awkward, especially, well, well, all of that. Yeah, I've been there. But in the online space, I get this question a lot with people asking me how much they should share online and how much they should be vulnerable. And that's also something that you need to take into account, check in with yourself and where you are in your healing. Like, for example, there's a lot of boundaries that I have with sharing about my personal life. I'll share. I People are like, do I have to share about myself? I don't want to get on camera. And I'm like, Honestly, there's all these ways to get people to know you and to tell your story without necessarily having to share your face. Mm -hmm. There's ways for other, there's, there's tools that we can use for people to get to know you that don't involve being in front of the camera, although sometimes that's easier. But I, I like to always ask, like, what are you comfortable sharing? Where are you at in your healing? Where are you at in your process of being seen? Because sometimes if there's things that have happened in our lives, like we just don't want to we just don't want to be out there like that. That's fine. But like, for example, like I'm much more comfortable being myself instead of like, not like I was hiding, but I was always more comfortable being behind the scenes for other people and being like the right hand person to everybody. And so, but now I'm more comfortable like sharing about myself and that takes time. And for me, it also took a lot of healing. So it really just have to always check in with yourself is my, and be honest about your boundaries and they might change from day to day. So just because you said that it's okay to share about something yesterday doesn't mean that it's okay today. And that's okay. And like, that's fine. Beautiful advice. I love what you said too. Where are you at in your journey and being seen? We're all at a different phase in that journey. So going back to that sense of obligation to share your story, you're, you may be in a different space than the person that just shared their story. And so, you know, not comparing yourself, which we all do way too much, but not comparing yourself on this, on this journey of being seen. Mm. Kimothy, I want to throw it to you in case you had anything you wanted to add to this, this really, I mean, this conversation. So good. I'm so grateful. This is amazing. Yeah. Sandra, what you're saying about just checking in where you're at, um, and yeah, changes. It's like, I have like seasons, you know, where I feel like just hibernating and processing and I feel so raw and it's just like honoring that and knowing that, okay, I'm in this season or today. It's like, if I put something out there and people don't respond the way I intended, you just can't control the way people respond. It's projection. Everybody's going through their own stuff, but like to feel like to have that energy and feel um, ready to handle that when you put it out there. You just have to know yourself from day to day. Um, so yeah, that's so important. And just know if you're still processing or if it's something you just don't want to share because you're maybe shrinking or contorting or scared, like look at that. There's just a lot you can do, but honor where you're at and, you know, design it the way you want to do it. You know, it's up to you the way you want to communicate and share and post, especially online. Mm -hmm. It reminds me, it really brings us back to the beginning of this conversation about agency and you get to choose when you share your story, you get to choose how you share your story. And I love what you have all been talking about, this sense of boundaries, boundaries as part of sharing your story. Boundaries play such a key role in vulnerability too. It's not something I think that's talked about enough because I often find when I'm having a conversation with someone either 
or Seek the Joy, or, or even when I'm on another podcast, which is always a very cool experience, and they want to talk about vulnerability, but we never talk about boundaries, about your boundaries and deciding where they are. You get to even choose your boundaries, and they can evolve over time, which I think is so important to remember, too. So I want to throw it to a question we got in the chat. It's from Jessica, and it says, do you ever feel like you need to be on the defensive after sharing your story, depending on the audience. I'm in a male-dominated profession, and there always seems to be someone that wants to, quote, defend a negative experience I may have shared somewhere. It's just frustrating. I share stories with my sailors and their leader to let them know it's okay to experience good and bad and move through it. I want to just throw it to the group as a whole. Is there anyone, do you have any thoughts on, you know, do you ever feel the need to be on the defensive, or how do you deal with someone who, I guess, maybe is on the defensive about sharing, too? Anyone want to take it? I mean, you got to know your audience too. Like, and you sometimes if it's like you said, I mean, the question said that it's like a, a heavily male audience and she's a female in lead. I mean, there's gonna, there's gonna, unfortunately, the patriarchy and like, you're gonna get some, oh, devil's advocate. Like there, there, there's always like that comment that's going to come from someone. So like, there's that. But um, so for me, whenever I feel like opposition, um, I have to like take a breath and listen, really listen to the question. And, and like, um, you have to do a little bit of ninja skills because you're also going to be the more mature one, hopefully in the scenario, because they might be threatened by you or something. So it might be their ego asking you an unnecessary question. So you might have to like do some weed whacking and read through what they're actually asking and like answer it calmly and just explain it and, 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 and deal with it that way. But a lot of the times with male audiences, you're just going to get that. Um, I have found in, especially in, in any sort of, um, online space or anything like that. They always have opinions. Yeah. You don't owe it, you know, to anyone um, to have to, you know, defend your experience. As Audrey said earlier, you know, that is, you know, your experience and you have the right to express it in the manner in which you express it. And so I think, you know, one of the things that I'm going to echo what Lysandra said is, when I get in that situation, because I've had that happen to me, um, I'm very open about my journey as a pastor's daughter. And there are a lot of people who follow me from knowing me as my dad's daughter and, you know, say, well, like devil's advocate, or he did the best he could, or, you know, all of those things that they like to say to kind of discount, you know, what, what I'm feeling and what I've experienced. And before I go on the defensive, I have to always check in with myself. This is what cognitive therapy taught me, is to check in and say, whoa, wait a minute. What is that all about? Like, why am I feeling defensive? So I always go inward first. I always am going to check with myself first. What is that all about? And then if I can answer that question, then I'll move to the next question. And if I find out that it's something that you know, I've experienced in the past, and then I'm rubbing up against something that has triggered me, then I'm going to deal with it accordingly. If I answer that question, and it's not a trigger, it's just downright annoying and offensive, then that is when I will, you know, 
do what you guys have said, which is, you know, it's on them, it's not on me. I think that's really good advice about going inward and looking at, I think, what is it bringing up in you that you're, you know, having a certain response or reaction to. It's really, really good advice. Anyone have any other thoughts on this one? I, I just find this to be so fascinating. It kind of ties into this broader theme or subject of I'm sharing my story. And especially like what you were saying, Akia, like if people have known you in a certain way or known you in a certain light, and then you're out here being authentically you, sharing your story, what you love, producing what you're excited about. And there's a certain response that you're getting that you didn't anticipate because these were people that were in your corner or knew you or whatever it might be. I mean, that's, I think, an element of sharing your story too, is then this, the aftermath for lack of a better word, you know what I mean? Of like what happens after, especially with, with maybe people in your life that have known you, you know, in a certain way. Yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the hardest things about evolving. Mm. When you have people that have known you for a thousand years, right. And they feel entitled to an opinion about how you're living your life now. Oh, I knew you when you were three years old. Well, you know, I'm 40 now. I'm not 30 anymore. Right. And so I I would like to be respected as such. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of you've changed and you're not the same. Well, yeah, I would hope that we've all changed and we've all evolved, you know, and that I'm not the same unsure 19 year old girl that was, you know, stuck in this patriarchal misogynistic situation. Right. I, yes, I've evolved and that's a great thing. And so it's, um, it's okay, right, to, you know, come back at those people and just be authentic. And I just simply have said to them, no, I mean, yes, I've evolved, but really, I've always been this girl, you guys just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that because I think as women, we kind of grow into ourselves, And that's what's happened. You know, I've evolved into myself and I'm not doing what people put on me and expect me to do, but I'm doing what I want to do in life on my terms. And so it is difficult. The aftermath is hard. That's probably one of the harder things about change, but people will be all right. Just be yourself and they'll adjust, right? Mm -hmm. It's up to everybody else, I think, to adjust. Yeah, it's not us. It's them. No, Akia, I mean, Audrey, Kimothy, Lysandra, any, any thoughts on this? I mean, Akia, you nailed it. It's about everybody else adjusting and hello, evolution. You're supposed to evolve. <laughs> if I'm the same as I was 10 years ago, God help everybody. We're, we're all supposed to evolve and keep changing. Yes. <laughs> I think a lot of people that I've, that are, are scared to share in the online space because of that, mm-hmm. because there's like a permanence to putting something out there or, um, like I have a lot of people that I work with that are even afraid to like say what they do because they're like, I, I don't know if it's it, like the perfection mentality and it being perfect, but really, truly we evolve. And I think we understand that when we see people, when we see people's stories as they evolve uh, over time. But I've, I feel like I'm hard on myself too. So I think I see other people that I work with be pretty hard on themselves. And, um, and for, and I think that it, we do evolve. We have to give ourselves the grace that we would give our friends as they continue to evolve and the people that we love. And we have to give that to ourselves because sharing stuff out in the like online or anything like that. I mean, I've, I've had a hundred different 
lives basically since I was in like in high school I've been like a bunch of different things and they're all still me and I feel like every version is a better version and I think it all makes sense to the people who love me and they're the only ones that matter uh everybody else like the the people who knew me when I was three (laughs) they can take a seat in the stands with their popcorn they don't they don't get they don't get director's cut no they don't they don't get the front row access that's not that's not what they got. So just keep telling your story. Yeah. One, one note about evolution too, you know, I always take things back to storytelling. It's so, it has been so convenient for me to study the art of storytelling because it just mirrors real life. Um, In storytelling, there's something called a character's arc. And so the character's arc is, you know, you start in one place and like life, the character is chasing something that is not easily attained. And my one thing, and I think that we're all chasing that we might not, you know, phrase it as such is joy. So seeking the joy, no pun intended, but um, that's what we're all doing. And so it's hard to have joy, right? Because there's so many things that happen that we have to jump hurdles and, you know, go through explosive things to really find deep, you know, joy. But at the end of the day, in writing, the character does not complete their arc unless they have evolved. And so it just is a, you know, it's a nod to the fact that that is what is supposed to happen. If you submit a book to an editor and the character has not completed their arc, it's going to come right back to you. It's unacceptable because that's not what happens in real life. And so when we think about evolution, it is what we are supposed to do. And when people don't understand that, then, you know, we're just not being truthful about what happens in real life. We can't stay the same. We're not supposed to stay the same. We have seasons. We must evolve. But I just think it's interesting that in in storytelling, even that is the truth. And that is the way that it's supposed to happen. We must evolve. We must evolve. And the journey is ever changing. It's ever moving. And so your evolution is, I think, a key, a really key component of that journey. So I got to ask you all this question because we are talking about joy at Seek the Joy Summit. You know, Sharing our stories, I often find, also can bring about a lot of joy. There's tremendous joy from sharing our stories. And, you know, if anyone, and I'm just going to throw it out there, and anyone, you know, please share, you know, the impact of sharing your story in terms of the joy it's brought you, the connection it's brought you. How does joy tie in for you in terms of, you know, storytelling and uh, and sharing your story? Whoever wants to go first. Um, you know what, it's just what you just said is making me think like, you know, it's so hard to stay true to yourself and like peel back the layers as you're returning home to yourself. Or like, I think of the Russian doll, you're like taking off a layer from society, the programming, your parents, or whatever you put on as you grew up, you kind of go through in the arc, you're like stripping the layers. I feel like I'm getting more naked every year to who I am. And it's like, it can be so terrifying and you can feel like you have like PTSD, like a physical response every time you put yourself out there, like it's in your body. Um, But every time you do, if you can get past that and share authentically, and once you get past that through that door, there's so much like deep joy and peace once you get through that. So it's like so worthwhile, even when you have all the commentators and spectators saying with all their opinions, it's just so worth it all. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
anyone else want to share about the impact of, of sharing your story and, and the kind of joy it's brought you or what that has meant? I get to sleep at night knowing that I've shown up in the world exactly the way that I want to. And I've, I've gotten the power of choice and I've taken my power back. That makes me really happy. I love that. Audrey, Lysandra, any final thoughts on joy and our journeys and storytelling? I just cannot um, sit on the fact that sharing my story saved my life. You know, that's just the God to honest truth. It is the thing that allowed me to have sanity. It is the um, puzzle pieces connected um, and the space to still put together more pieces of the puzzle, you know? And so it just, I just encourage everyone. And it doesn't always have to be in a dictated format. Sharing your story can happen in so many ways. You can podcast, you can paint, you can draw, you can create, you can take pictures. Sharing a story doesn't happen one way. And so I just encourage everyone to set themselves free because in my mind, you really can't have access to joy if you are bound by anything. And so to be free means that you also have access to joy. Yeah. And I mean, I, for me, joy in storytelling also comes from being both the part, like the part, the observer and the participant in the storytelling. Um, so much of my, the, the molecules that make up the alchemy that makes up who I am today is because of the joy that the other people's storytelling has brought to me and influenced how I speak, how I look at the world. And it's such a pleasure to be able to connect with others through, um, through either sharing an experience or making somebody laugh or something like that, that really just connects you. And it's just, it, for me, it's just like, that's the, sh the easiest way to bond with somebody, especially right now where we can't really still, we still can't see each other. So that to me is telling, girl, you know what happened. And they'll just like share, like get the text, the group text, just that's a way of storytelling, but it connects you. It also is on a grand scale when we're doing it like this, but that's the joy of telling a story. Connection for me. It all comes down to connection. I am so grateful to all of you for this conversation today. And I'm reading the comments in the chat and everyone is feeling the same way. This conversation was amazing. So much great information. I feel less alone. Um, I believe with reflection, boundary setting and intention work, I can free up more bravery for sharing my story. And I just can't thank you all enough. Before we go, you know, any last thoughts or words? I feel like we all beautifully just summed it up, but I want to make sure if you've got any last nuggets of wisdom um, that we get them, that we get them here. Anyone? All right, I feel like we got it. Thank Get you all. on TikTok. Get on TikTok, share your story. You know, I think my biggest um, takeaway from this too has just been <laughs> there's so much joy that can come from, from sharing your story, but it's about knowing when it is right for you to share it. And then to do so, I think unapologetically, without expectation, without judgment, uh, without worry, which I think is so, so key. So Akia, Audrey, Kimothy, Lysandra, thank you all so much 
really for this beautiful conversation. I am so, so grateful. And it's through storytelling and, and um, talking about joy that we all came together. So it means so much to me. So thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for having thank you. us. Thank you for putting this together. You're yeah. so, so welcome. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.